The Drew Marshall Show, Canada's most listened to spiritual talk back program. Folks, we got a great guest coming up here for you, Danny Goki, country recording artist extraordinaire and American Idol finalist. Boy, his wife encouraged him to give American Idol a shot, but just a month before the audition, Sophia died unexpectedly after what should have been a routine heart surgery. A couple had been high school sweethearts, and... And Danny was devastated, really, but he's soaked up a lot of life experience, this guy, uh, probably more than uh, people twice his age, from uh, the joyful to the heartbreaking. Those experiences infuse his debut album, My Best Days, a collection of songs that resonate with honest emotion and tap into the collective hopes and dreams that define life. You know what? Instead of reading this blurb here, I don't want to rattle on about Danny Goki. Why don't we let his fellow contestants talk about Danny Goki? Danny Goki. The pride of Milwaukee, they say. When he smiles, his eyes smile, and they're squinty, his glasses. So when I think of him, I just think about squinty smiles. It's pretty adorable. He's, he's quite the thinker, and we had, um, we just, we hit it off right away. He's the type of person when you're around, like, your worries go out of the window, because he's going to make you laugh. This house done, all right? I think the impression of Danny is that he's kind of this serious guy, but uh, he's a lot of fun as well, and he's kind of entertaining, and we're just kind of hanging out. He's the one that's, uh, he'll get up and dance. His dance moves are sick, even though Simon said he doesn't like them, they're still awesome. He's a good dancer. Uh, Danny's just a guy that I goof off with all the time. He's like a brother to me, but he's also very deep, very smart, and, uh, you know, you can talk to him about anything. I remember hearing him for the first time in Hollywood Week, and he's he's definitely a force to be reckoned with. His voice is obviously so different and so, like, smoking awesome. That's what it's about. This is a vocal talent show, and you got some talent. Danny is one of the most committed people I know. Um, whether it's to Idol or uh, Sophia's heart or to whatever he's doing, he's always committed and he, and he always knows what's important. What he brings as a person, not just as an artist, is the most incredible part of Danny Goki. <laughs> I find him to be a giver and a sweet person all around. Oh, isn't that special? I tell you, this guy sounds like he's all that and a bag of chips, as they say. Danny is going to be coming to Toronto July 15th, joining Taylor Swift's Speak Now World Tour 2011. And he joins us on the line from, where the heck are you, Danny? Where are you right now? Uh, where am I? I'm actually uh, in Nashville, Tennessee. I've heard of that place. Yeah, I'm uh, just uh, taking it easy, getting ready for the Easter uh, weekend. Doing some grocery shopping as we speak. Oh, nice. Good for you. <laughs> um, are you curious at all as to why we started off an interview with Danny Goki with the clip uh, Tutti Fruity? Well, I think I have a 
understanding why, because it was the first song that I uh, karaoke with. I made my debut to the world when I was about 11 or 10 or 12. I can't remember the exact age. And I sang Tutti Frutti, and it uh, definitely drew a crowd, because I was a scrawny little little uh, guy singing with a little deep, you know, you know, my voice had a lot of character even back then. Yes, that is exactly why we played it. Actually, no, the real reason we played it is I always kind of thought that baths and facials and pedicures were for chicks. But, oh. I, but, but after looking into who Danny Goki really is, buddy, you're into that stuff. They were completely into it. Wow, that's, that's funny. That, I, I, I'm surprised there was for the other reason. I, people have asked, what was the first song I ever did for karaoke? And that was the one. No, no, yeah, that, was, um, that was the reason we played it. <laughs> let's, let's go back to the... Um, I love pedicures. I, as a matter of fact, I just got a face run and massage like three days ago. Come on. And you know what? You know, I don't. I, I like to be babied. I'm, I'm very secure in my manhood. I'm, I I know who I am, but at the same time, I man, I just like to be taken care of. Nice. <laughs> you're funny. All right, so when you're sitting there soaking in the bath with Mr. Bubble and whoever else, yeah. Um, <laughs> which TV show would you rather watch? Modern Family or The Office? You have to choose one. Just one. Oh, The Office. Okay. All right, just wanted to make sure, make sure. I heard you're a big fan of the. So, if you're a big fan of The Office, are you a big fan of Ricky Gervais and the and the UK version of The Office, the original? You know, I remember I tried to get into it. It's just after you've seen the American Office, which obviously is a, uh, it came after the original. Um, you just get used to seeing, you know, seeing everyone in the American Office. So I couldn't get into the. The UK version. Yeah. I, I know I've heard it's really good, but I just haven't gotten into it. Okay, yet. all right, you're forgiven. <laughs> Danny, can you tell me about the coolest gokehead you've ever met? Oh man, you know I gotta start writing down some of the things that happened because I always, when I get asked a question, I get I always forget. But I do remember one time. Um, well, maybe the this will be not this will be the coolest slash craziest. <laughs> maybe not cool at all. <laughs> would have to be a, a girl who actually she was about 17 years old. She peed her pants while what? I was doing a show, and she. Proceeded to, in my signing line, she proceeded to lift her shirt of just enough to show the bottom of her pants because she had a long shirt on. And there was a pee stain on both sides of her leg. And I didn't know how to respond to it. I, I felt kind of weird. Yeah, but think? at the same time, I was like, I was like, hey, you know, maybe she's buying thousands of CDs that I don't know about, and I'm okay with that. Then. <laughs> I'll look at your pee stain if you buy a CD. <laughs> wow, wow. I think with that story, you could pick up another sponsorship with Depends. Hey, that'd be good. I. You know what? Maybe I could. And then, you know what? I would not mind doing that because maybe we should... Well, she was young. That's the only thing, man. That's, that's just so crazy to me. But uh, I knew she was screaming really loud during the entire show. And so I, I guess she just finished it up with a, hey, I peed my pants for you. Dad, I love you. <laughs> that is a funny story. Funny story. All right. Uh, so listen, Danny, how did it all go down with the whole Randy Travis putting the country bug in your ear? Yeah, Randy Travis, man. It was kind of interesting. After the... After the well, before... He was a mentor for, I think it was a top 12 song, our top 12 review on Country Night. And, um, uh, you know, Randy Travis was the, was the mentor. And after, after he mentored me when the, we were breaking down the set, and, you know, every artist sat down with him and he gave his thoughts and opinions. Um, he, he, I was walking past his bus and he was getting ready to leave and he goes, cause he was outside and he said, hey, Danny, I want to talk to you for a second. And he just proceeded to tell me that, you know, he thought my voice would do really well in country music because there's so, there's so, that I bring to it, country hasn't seen in quite a while. He said, and he said, someone like me could bring that back. And uh, you needed to say I was honored that he said that. And I was kind of surprised because I was like, man, me country. I just I listened to country music growing up, but I just never thought that my voice would be accepted. And um, I'll tell you, this was the best decision I could have made. I love doing country music, man. I love adding the soul element. I love doing, you know, I love adding just my flair to it. 
and kind of making it a little, you know, a little different. Yeah, but, what, um, but, but it must have been a torturous three months having to really decide which genre, which genre was you, right? Yeah, it was because I, I grew up in the church. You know, I grew up singing gospel music, so I never really, I never, you know, I never was out singing anything other than gospel. But I knew when I was on the show, I was like, well, I don't want to be a gospel singer. Although, you know, I think one of these days I'll, I'll put out a gospel album. But I just, at this point, I just, you know, I just knew I didn't want to move in that direction. And it's always what influenced me. But so country, um, I really felt like what I liked about country is that you don't have to have a facade. You know, a lot of different genres of music, you got to have like this, face, this image, and you got to portray an image, and you got to kind of do this and sometimes the image that I don't want to associate with and so I felt like country is very innocent country you can talk about everything in country music whether it's gospel roots or whether it's a love song or whether it's our having a good time and so I felt like this was a great fit for me that's good man that's good of course you toured recently with Sugarland and now you're going to be touring with Taylor Swift dude can you pick uh, some like bigger names to tour with this is ridiculous <laughs> man I know it uh yeah this has been quite the honor and it's quite the experience too. I, I mean, I'm just I'm soaking it up. I'm loving every minute. And man, honestly, I think that it's just it's just the beginning. The best is yet to come for me. And and um, I'm ready to show the world what my music is about. <laughs> you know. Good man. I, I watched the clip of I guess it was your first talk show ever. You were on with Regis and What's Her Face. See, I'm I'm friends with Kathy Lee, so I can't. I, anybody else is What's Her Face? Okay. Oh, oh really? Yeah. So Regis and What's Her Face. I saw that first talk show ever of all the talk shows you've now done aside from our show right here the drew marshall show which one was you know you were the most stoked about which one did you go i can't believe i'm here oh man i don't know i i guess what man huh <laughs> I, I don't have an answer for you i mean i guess you gotta get I, on I never really watched. I, oh gosh man this would be a fun show to get on <laughs> <laughs> i uh i would be quite the experience you know, I think I, you know, I don't know. That's a good question. I think you put me on the spot here because I, I, I don't, I don't, never really watch talk shows, so that's why. I mean, I was very honored to be on the talk shows, but I guess I don't have a favorite out of all. Yeah, nobody really impressed you. you, you actually, you seem like oh, the kind, <laughs> yeah. no, but you seem like the kind of guy that doesn't really get impressed by much. You know, you're just you're pretty you know, level. Well, okay, I'll take you. Want to know what impresses me, man? I, I'm just gonna put. It, I mean, I, I'm impressed by you know things here and there, but. You know what impresses me is, is like, you know, if I, if I were to be like Martin Luther King Jr. or like Abraham Lincoln, I think I might fall out because I, I like people who are movers and shakers who do things, and those guys pretty much impress me. And um, I know there's a few stars out there that, I mean, who, I met Ashley Tisdale one time, and I was kind of kind of smitten for a moment when I met her, and, and uh, <laughs> I kind of like How You know what? I was thinking back to your time with Lionel Richie. That would have been, come on, that's got to be a buzz. Yeah, what well, you know, it's, I knew, you know, Lionel Richie is a very popular person. It's, it's funny how much your parents influence, um, how much your parents influence you when you grow up as far as your musical taste. And, you know, Lionel Richie was one that my parents, they never listened to. So, as it, silly as this might sound, I didn't know much about Lionel Richie. <laughs> you know, and so when he, I mean, I knew about him, knew about his music, but before that, you know, I really had nothing to go off of. Yeah. But, um, you know, like, my dad, he, he, we would listen to Casey and the Sunshine Band. You know, we'd listen to Motown. Nice. Um, you know, we'd listen to, uh, Winona Judd. Nice. And, you know, Alan Jackson. And just, so, and he, it's funny, people say, you know, they say sometimes your voice sounds a little bit like Michael McDonald. And I'm like, well, cool, that's cool. And, but I never listened to him growing up. My <laughs> parents never listened to him, <laughs> you know? How about Johnny Lang? So, see, I don't know much about Johnny Lang either. I know on our season that year, his sister had tried up for American Idol. And um, she, oh. didn't, she made it to the top 50, but nothing ever, ever further than that. Wow, interesting. I didn't know. Okay, so what CD, 
What CD were you wearing out during those mundane drives in your semi between Deloitte and Milwaukee? Oh, man. I was wearing out the radio. We didn't have a CD player in the truck. Oh. <laughs> and so, oh, but, in the, man, I, I listened to, when I, was, when I was a music director for the, for the, church, for the two churches, in addition to you know, semi-truck driving and all that stuff, but, I mean, I would listen to a lot of the music we had to learn. So at that moment, I was listening to a lot of gospel music, a lot of gospel influence music, okay. you know. So when you're sitting there parked in your rig waiting to load and unload, which can be just ridiculously oh, tedious, yeah. what book uh, made the biggest impact on you? Because I know you did a lot of reading during that time. Yeah, I did a lot of reading. I think Robert Kiyosaki, okay. um, if you ever read of Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and his views, because I, I, I always grew up really like, I grew up very, you know, we had humble beginnings, you know, and with mom and dad, we didn't have much, man. We, we really never had much at all, but I... I remember just reading that book, and I knew I didn't want to be poor my entire life. So I remember even in my truck, you know, because I always struggled week to week trying to make it. I'd always just make it up my mind that, you know, I'm going to make my money work no matter how. And I remember his books would always just talk about how you got to think different than most people. You know, he said he said 90% of America, I mean, 10% of America owns 90% of the wealth. So what he would say is that you got to think like the 10%, you know, and so... It would just revolutionize the way I thought and, and stuff like that. I was a good picture book, too. Awful, though. I hear Little Birdie told me you're a big fan of The Shack as well. Yeah, man. Read The Shack, and I think I read it about five or six times, and I've recommended it to everyone on my Twitter and everyone on my Facebook. I mean, I, I just think The Shack is one of the... Because, you know, at the, same, at the time, you know, The Shack talks about loss and how to deal with loss and, you know, the kind of anger that surrounds loss. And when I was, you know, when, at that moment, I just got The Shack right after my wife said... You know, passed away. So I mean, that book was really instrumental. So I understand you're doing some kind of show with uh, with my buddy uh, Paul Young in uh, Seattle on yeah. Mother's Day, May eighth. Tell me about that. Yeah, we are going to and put some shows together. I believe that one's in Seattle on May eighth, and um, he, he, I guess he, there's a hundred thousand submitted uh, stories of the people. They're really influenced by the Shack. The book has sold over twenty million, twenty one million copies worldwide, which is a huge, incredible feat. And apparently. Um, he he's taking these stories and he's, he's creating like a circuit there so like type of show around these stories and really wants to involve people. They can come into the show and they can really experience how the shack is, you know, not only made a difference in their life, but how the shack tied together, how it's made a difference in so many other people's lives and people have found hope. But, you know, they're, they're putting music with it. It's, it's going to be like a really inspirational, entertaining play. Yeah, the uh, website for that is storiesfromtheshack.com, storiesfromtheshack.com. And it's, a, I guess, a live stage production. It's going to be in Seattle on May 8th. It's also going to be uh, yeah. San Diego, May 20th, Boise, Idaho, June 4th, and Denver, Colorado, June 17th. So this is, this is I've heard some interesting things. It's kind of like when you come away from seeing the Blue Man Group and people go, how was it? Tell, <laughs> t tell me what was that like. Describe it to me. And people are like, I can't. You have to just go. Right? Yeah, you have to just see it. You know, and, and people need to just come and see it because I think, Man, I, I don't know, but for my life, man, the book just really revolutionized my life in the way I thought. Hmm. And, you know, that's why I've been, I recommend it to everybody, because I feel like people need to get this book. So even if they never read the book, I recommend them going to the show and, and really and really experiencing what people have been talking about for the last, you know, few years and what people, why the, the book is so strong and why it's created such a, a huge buzz. February, we're going to go over this kind of quick, because I know you've gone over this a thousand times. So we'll do this real quick for you, just to save you the agony here. February 28, 2008, what was what was it that actually made you decide to try out for American Idol on that day? I mean, I, I know that your wife, Sophia, was a big fan of the show. She watched all the time. I know that you couldn't watch it because you were always working at the church most nights. So on February 28th, what was the tipping point? 
they, they actually put a date on that. I don't, I don't, <laughs> I don't know what the information. Really, I don't remember having a date exactly. I knew it was February 2008. It was January, February 2008. I was just watching the show, and I was inspired by the contestants that year. And I, I remember watching. My wife had always obviously encouraged me to, to do it, but I just was like, ah, this ain't real. You know, this ain't for me. But watching the show, I got sucked in. I think that's why the show was so popular and successful because everyone gets sucked in. And I remember just that month, I was like, you know what? If I can just make it to Hollywood, that was my exact thought. If I can just get to Hollywood and try to build a fan base, I could work. You know, just get a little bit of TV exposure. I could try to work and build a career that I've always wanted in music. And um, that that was a deciding factor, just watching the contestants that year, season seven. Man, you're going to look back on 2008 and go, what the heck was that year all about? Because February, you decide to do the American Idol tryout. July, your wife, uh, Sophia, passes away. And then a month later, that was your first audition. So, I mean, what, just, yeah. and, I mean, okay, look, a few years have gone by now. And as you reflect on 2008, that's got to be the most craziest year for you ever, obviously. Yeah. 2008, wow. Are you talking about highs and lows? <laughs> All mixed into, a, uh, you know, a year. Yeah. That was it. That was it. And, I mean, it's, I mean, you're talking about the most extreme highs and the most extreme lows. Like, it's just, it wasn't anywhere in the middle. You're talking about all the way to the bottom of the chart to the top of the chart. Man, I, I don't know, but can I just say this? I'm thankful that it happened. You know, a lot of things in my life haven't happened the way I wanted them to happen, but I'm, I am where I am right now. And I'm glad to be where I am right now. And, um, okay. I don't know. I, you know, I, let me, just, Danny, let, let me ask you if, like, what role do you really think God played in all this? Because there's be there be a lot of Jesus people who'd be standing in line, yeah. you know, with just like you and and thinking they're yeah. thinking they're all that with their voice and they're going to be the next idol and blah 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 blah. And they didn't uh, make it to yeah. the top five or whatever. And so, what do they blame Jesus? Like, like what credit does God get uh, in huh. in things like football games and American Idol? <laughs> that's such a that's such a good. Um... That's a great, great question. I mean, how much credit? I mean, well, I, I don't know. I, I guess everything I look in my life, I really, I look to him, you know, to obviously guide every footstep I take. You know, I mean, anyone who is a person of faith, like myself, is like, okay, well, God guides my steps. He opens doors, he closes doors. But at the same time, I mean, I think, you know, you got to, I really feel like God can open a door, and I feel like American Idol was that door that was open for me, but you got to work for it. You know what I mean? You, can, you just can't, you just can't, you know, a lot of, I don't know, a lot of people take circumstances and they'll, use that on God and they'll say, well, you know, God didn't want me to American Idol because I didn't make it the first round. But what if you went the next year and you could have made it all the way to the top? Hmm. You know, I, I think sometimes what I do in my life is I just, you know, there's a, there's, a, there's a cool verse in the Bible that says, you know, trust and love with all your heart. You know, not in your understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge Him and He'll direct your path. I can acknowledge God what I do. I'm like, you know, God, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. And I went on American Idol. I acknowledged Him. I had to work hard because I'll tell you what, it, that show, you know, I didn't win it, but I, I worked hard enough to get the third place. And I feel like I put my effort in it, and he, he blessed it. Yeah. And for the people who, who let's say, you know, like you said, the people who are Christian or Jesus people and who got faith and said, well, you know, God didn't want me to be on it or God never opened the door, I don't necessarily know if that's true. Maybe you just aren't as good as you think you are. <laughs> or maybe <laughs> or maybe you just need to try out next year and be persistent. You know, yeah. all of a sudden, why is one, why is one chance like your ultimate safe though? Sometimes you got to work for things. You know what I mean? You know, I think, uh, what was that? Who, who's the British guy, the, the jerk that's no longer on the, the everyone loves because he spoke <laughs> truth? What was his name again? Uh, Simon Cowell. Simon Cowell, that's right. I think if more <laughs> if more pastors could be like Simon Cowell, I would go to church. Man, you ain't, you ain't like, listen, I've, I was born and raised in church, man. I've, I've heard everything that church has to offer, and I've seen it all. 
man, I'll tell you what, man. We can sometimes get caught up in our own hype and caught up in our own selfish desires and, and think that, I don't know, I like people like Simon Cowell, like you said, I like pastors that tell like it is, and I think we just got to be honest with ourselves sometimes and not always blame everything on God, yeah. whether it's good or bad. Yeah, yeah. You know, there's a, there's a structure that this world has set up that good things happen to good people and bad things happen to good people. It's just a cycle. You know, you just got to make sure you don't be caught up in it and you steer your own way. Yeah, the rain, well, the rain falls upon the just and the unjust. There and we go. And the unjust, absolutely. All right, tell me about the tat and the right deltoid. I um, I got a tattoo. It's uh, <laughs> I like it. I just it was one of the last things I, I you know I um I got a kind of like a Sophia's Heart logo, an organization I started in her name. I took part of that logo and I put my wife's name on my uh, right arm. You know, and it's, it's a pretty neat tattoo. I had a friend design it. And he did it for me as a gift, and he's a great tattoo artist out of Milwaukee. His name is Marcello, and he, uh, he just he did his thing. It looks really nice. It does. It looks very cool. Is that your only one? My only one. Well, I'm saving the other uh, the other deltoid for uh, the, whenever I decide to get married again. Ah, whenever. nice. <laughs> yeah, like, you know. I saved my deltoid for you. Will that be in your vows? I don't know. Um, <laughs> That's really Okay, so Sophia Sophia died of conge- congenital uh, heart disease, basically. And uh, yeah. w- Wiki says, you know how truthful and reliable Wiki is. Wiki says right, you'd, right. Been, you'd been together for 12 years, but I think you actually dated for about six and a half years before you got married. Is that right? Yeah, dated for six and a half years before we were married and, and, and about married for about four and a half years. So about 11 years. Oh, okay. All right. That's right. Okay. So now here, here's the deal, uh, Danny. And by the way, we're talking with Danny Goki. DannyGoki.com is a website. Danny, normally the bride on the wedding day gets all the attention, right? Because how beautiful yeah. they look and blah, blah, blah. Dude, that, right. that white suit you wore, that was smoking. <laughs> you like that white suit? Can I tell you this? I didn't want to wear a white suit for my wedding. No? My, my wife was like, no. She's like, no, you are wearing a white suit. Do you understand me? <laughs> I'm like, honey, I don't, I don't know how this is going to look on me. I'm pale as it, as it is. <laughs> I don't want to look tasty on my wedding day, but, man, she was right. You worked it out, man. That suit, I was blinging on my wedding day. <laughs> you, were, <laughs> you were too, man. That was a sweet, sweet suit. Okay, I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a bit of a sucker for, uh, I'm a love junkie, okay? So I want to know, how, right. how did you guys meet? How, what was the, the uh, was it a church or something, or what was it going? Yeah, yeah. Matter of fact, you know, like I said, a lot of my roots took place in the church, and I met her in church, man. When I, you know, one of the best places you can ever uh, think me to wife or a spouse, whatever you're looking for. Did now who cracked on to who first? Matter of fact, she hit on me first because I was. And I'm gonna tell you this: I was so insecure. I was very, 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 very insecure. I never thought girls would like me in the first place, so I never really talked to girls. I couldn't muster up the courage. But she told my sister that she thought I was cute, and I was blown away because I thought you know she was pretty. You oh, know, so I was like, she's, wow, she's a she's a stunner, man, an absolute Absolutely. dude. You have no idea. Well, you probably do. You have an idea how you married up big time on that one. <laughs> you ain't lying, man. I got I got the good end. I got the best part of the deal. I, I you know, I, I said like this. I just thank God. I thank, thank, thank God that you know I look that God allowed me to have her for the time that I had her. Yeah. You know, I mean, I think. A lot of the situations that, you know, that we're in in our lives, we sometimes have to take a step back and just say, you know what, you got to be, even though they're gone now, because some of us, you know, we don't know why they go home early. You know, it's very upsetting. It's very frustrating. But you've got to look at the bright side. you got to let go of all the negative and just say, I'm thankful, God, that you put in my care and in my, and in my hand the time that you had here on earth for, you yeah. know? Yeah. Okay, so here's the awkward question. I'm sure other people, you know, uh, your inner circle people would say, so, you know, uh, are, you, are you dating? Are you, you know, here's a girl I want you to meet and all this kind of <laughs> stuff. But what does what does moving on in love look like for Danny Goki? You know what? 
this year has especially been a year that I felt ready to move on. You know, huh. um, I'm, you know, I don't know what it looks like because I kind of, I'm picky, man. I don't know how to put it. You know, people I've met, you know, met some girls and been talking. You know, I haven't been in a relationship yet, but had the opportunity to meet people, and none of them has really um, fit what I'm looking for in a life. You know, and so I'm just, I'm just taking it a day at a time and hoping that I'm like God. You got to find the right one. You know, I want to be happy. <laughs> you know. Well, let me just tell you, Danny. I think the Lord has just given me a sign to share with you. What is this? <laughs> I think the sign that you'll know whether this is the woman you are to marry is, uh-huh. if, is if she lifts her shirt and shows you that she's oh. peed her pants <laughs> when she first well, met you. Which load are you listening to? That's what I want to know. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't the load I serve. No. <laughs> uh, uh-huh. Man. Well, you know, you've got a solid family supporting you, dude. I mean, you've got uh, yeah, uh, one brother, four sisters, right? Yep. Yep. Yes, I do. Now, after you knuckle punched all the judges and went out with your gold ticket, who was all there waiting for you? I actually had, I had some, some my, some of my wife's family at the time. My family came when I actually made it on the show. Okay. Because um, it was kind of a last minute deal, just to go down to. Uh, I mean, not last minute deal, but it was kind of like trying to organize. It was a pretty big mess trying to get people to come down there for the first audition. But it um it worked out cool, man. I had my wife's family there throughout the competition. Had my family there throughout the competition. It's a great experience. Well, your family, you guys are so tight. Let me just give yeah. everyone an example of how tight you are, okay? This is how this is how tight the Goki family is. As Danny singing leads. Because I have listened to that a few times and just kind of just kind of rocked out with it privately in my own house while I was in in my underwear. You know what I mean? Uh, I was... <laughs> nice. Oh man, I don't think you want to tell you what that. No, 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 <laughs> buddy. Charles, can he smoke it or what? Yeah, man, my brother. He's been out of commission for a minute, and um, we were just hanging out with the fam this last week, and just you know, we we're like, let's just do a little some. Um, let's just throw a little song up here, and, and we just he. he he used to make, I'm, okay, so check this out. So we went to a school when we were younger called Heritage, and um, there was an elite group called the Heritage Singers. And my brother made that group, and when I tried out for it, I did not make it. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's interesting to see that, that, I mean, I still kept, my brother stopped actually pursuing music, although he was a very good singer. He's a good musician, too. He plays bass and guitar. And he he just, you know, he stopped pursuing it, but I just kept moving with it. And I, look how far I've made it, and... But he, he wants to get back into it because he can, he can sing his little face off. I've got the name for your group. When you and your brother tour, you know, after it's all settled, uh, after it's all settled down, you've, you've tasted yeah. all your fame and glory and you want to do like a Kevin Bacon <laughs> thing, you know. 
it's going to be the Okie Goki. Oh, no. no. I think we won't sell any tickets at all. No, maybe we, not. Come see the Okie Gokies in tour. We sound like a... <laughs> thinking like, you I sound, don't know. We sound like a... You sound like a, like a children's entertainer, a drunk children's entertainer. You sound like Charlie Sheen is what you sound like right there. Oh, man. Wow, yeah. you went there. I yeah. don't blame you, though. Yeah. I don't yeah. blame you for going there. <laughs> all of, you know, isn't it interesting to see how fast... Like, this is Hollywood in its most prime form. You come and you go. He hit the headlines, made the biggest headlines, but doing some crazy stuff. And now he's out of the headlines again. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just, it just comes and goes as quick as it's... Wow. Yeah, well, I was going to say he's like a bad rash, but I, that's probably not a good analogy with uh, with Charlie. Well, yeah, you went away. You went away a lot quicker, though. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I don't know whether you realize this, but here, here's the deal: Easter has fallen on your birthday, April twenty fourth, yes. only five yeah. times, folks. Five times: sixteen thirty nine, seventeen oh seven, seventeen ninety one, eighteen fifty nine, and wow. tomorrow. Tomorrow. Are you Are you kidding me? I'm honored. Look at. That's what, you know, let me tell you, that's how much Jesus loves me. This is about me, not about anyone else. It's here. all about you. <laughs> it's all about me. <laughs> it's all about me, Lord. Um, <laughs> it's, right, right. <laughs> okay, so uh, first of all, happy birthday and happy Easter. Uh, kind well, of thank you. Tomorrow, that's a cool deal. Uh, the debut album, Best Days, apparently taking the world by storm. Another release is coming soon, though, right? Yeah, remember getting ready, man. We've been in the studio working on this on this next single that we're getting ready to release. But man, I'll tell you this: Best Days came out so well. I encourage people to go out and get it. And you know, watch the music videos. You know, the music videos. They can go to DannyGoki.com and check out the videos. But we we put some intense work into it, and um, we're you know hitting the road. And I don't know, but this new song, I'm excited about. Very very excited about. Uh, you know what I was excited about was, uh, well, truth be told, I was very excited yeah. that that you were uh, on a television show uh, last Saturday night on my television set in my house, and, <laughs> and and truth be told, you did a fantastic job there, Danny Goki. And and truth be told, I didn't know much about the movie until my friend Candace Cameron, she was on our show last week, telling us all about this movie. Oh. And oh, was she and, really? And truth be told, she was right. she was so enamored with you. She said something about you being uh, a humble or something. I don't know, something like that. Uh, no, I'm, I'm very prideful. I got everyone fooled. <laughs> <laughs> no, but she's. I'll tell you what. You know, I think. I think one of the greatest qualities you can carry, and I have to work on this every day, but the greatest quality a person carries humility. It really is, man. There's nothing like walking into a room with someone who's, who, you know, like, imagine a person who's super famous, like, let's say, I don't know who, appreciate a person, but imagine they're the humblest person in the world. It just makes you endear to them so much more. But Candace Cameron is the same way. I, I, I thought she was great. She she boosted up my ego and made me feel like a million bucks when I was there. As a matter of fact, the whole... The whole camera crew, everyone who was there made me feel like a million bucks. I just love being there. That's cool. That's the only reason I'm friends with Candace is because she boosts my ego as well. <laughs> I just call her when I feel bad. I'm like, hey, hey, girl, boost my ego. Yeah. Quickly, quickly. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. All right. Well, listen, we are so looking forward to you coming to Toronto here. July 15th, I think, is when you're coming with Taylor Swift. That's going to be – where are you playing? At the ACC, I think, maybe. Uh, you know, that's a good question. I'll have to go check my schedule to see where exactly – yeah, I think, playing I, at, but yeah. I think that's where it's at, and that's that's a rocking joint. That's a good venue. You'll have a great time. And uh, I really do wish you the best. I wish you the best your next CD release. I wish you the best for uh, Sophia's Choice, your charitable organization, uh, the compassion thing. I wish you the best in love, you know. Um, Thanks, man. 
I, I got a few. Uh, I got a few ideas for you. If you ever, you know, if you're looking for a little blind date or something, something going on, I could, I could, I could hook a brother yeah, up, right? Let me know. I'm on. I'm on the lookout again. Danny Gussie, get him back on the market. Ready to look for his next prime suspect. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Uh, Listen, it's been a blast talking to you, Danny. Thank you very much for giving us some of your time and a happy birthday and happy Easter. Thanks, man. The pleasure of mine. You guys take care. All right. Bye-bye. See you later, man. Bye. Danny Goki on the Drew Marshall Show. Nice guy. Nice guy. Stayed a little really longer. Nice guy. Stayed a little longer than Chris Jericho did. Yeah. Yeah. That was good. It's because you didn't <laughs> joke about his height. I said nothing yeah, about his height. Nothing. Up next, folks, Abby Sunderland. She's the author of Unsinkable, a young woman's courageous battle on the high seas. You know her. You've heard that. You remember the 16-year-old girl sailing around the world, and all of a sudden, uh-oh, something went down. It wasn't good. Her boat went down. Well, it didn't go down, but the mast broke, and the rogue wave took it out, and oh. they had to go rescue her. I think they sent a Qantas passenger jet a little flying over really? to try to find her. Yeah, yeah. That's good, because Qantas jets don't crash. No, they don't. They're no. the only airline in the world that hasn't had an accident. <laughs> you have so much useless information so in was, your head. I was watching Rain Man, and that's <laughs> one of the quotes in Rain Man. Abby Sunderland up next, and then we're going to chat with Dan Ellis, NHL goaltender who's now playing for the Anaheim Ducks, attempting to eliminate his old Nashville rivals in the playoffs. Lots more coming up, folks. Stay with us. You're listening to the Drew Marshall Show on Joy 1250. Maybe you've been thinking about advertising your organization on the radio, but don't really have the budget for a long-term marketing campaign? Well, what if we gave you a show? The Drew Marshall Show is currently offering an innovative advertising concept for the small business owner or charity. With web stats and listenership at an all-time high, Canada's most listened to spiritual talk show is offering you an opportunity to partner with us one show at a time. Consider sponsoring one show and we'll introduce you to our listening audience for the day. Drew will mention your organization every hour during our four-hour show, including a live phone interview. We'll also post your logo and website link on our website for an entire month. If you're thinking about promoting a special event, product, or upcoming sale, or if you just want to test the radio advertising waters without a huge investment, then consider becoming a one-day advertising partner with The Drew Marshall Show. Go to drewmarshall.ca for details or call Joy1250 on 905-845-2821, extension 367. That's 905-845-2821, extension 367. 